Welcome to episode 20 of the Catching Up Podcast with Connor and Nick. We start off on a sad note of today's show, talking about what it's like to have a bad day as an entrepreneur and what are the things we're doing to manage the stress day in and day out. But we do change the subject a little bit when we start debating about whether tech is ruining or benefiting the sports experience with instant replay and some new things that Amazon's coming up. We end the show talking about the future and what tech innovations are exciting us for 2019. Thank you for listening to episode 20 of the Catching Up Podcast. Please enjoy the show. Good morning, Nick. How are you today? I'm doing great. How are you, Connor? Awesome. I am fantastic. I'm a little, my body hurts. I don't know if I slept wrong or whatnot, but my neck, like, has me real stiff today, uh, but I'm feeling really good. I, when I when I got online, and I, I looked at our spreadsheet here, and I just couldn't believe we're in week 20 of the show. Um, I'm just really proud of us for doing, you know, doing this for 20 weeks already. It kind of seems pretty recently that we were just talking about revitalizing the previous YouTube and Google Hangout show that we did, and now to see like we're on episode twenty, uh, I'm just proud of our consistency and being able to uh, keep it up and keep it going. Yeah, yeah, twenty twenty weeks, man. That's that's really uh, it's great, and let's just keep building on it. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I know we had an order actually before we kind of jump into these topics. I want to know. I know you had Founders Live Seattle last night. What happened? Yeah, it was great. There was, it was uh, just an awesome event. A uh, couple hundred people, probably 200, 220 people there. It was awesome. And uh, the winning the winning startup was actually a, a company called Superb Events. And, um, you know, to kind of very basically uh, describe the pitch, it's really interesting where, you know, she's, she's this woman is building – this platform around, I guess you could call it just like almost creating the metadata for interactions like in real, in the real world. So, um, and she, you know, initially built it around uh, other experiences, some medical, some other things where it's like, you could actually like create these like cards and tag them and then add information to them. And so when people are going through certain experiences, they can just have an basically a directory or in essentially a, almost like a tagging of um the conversation and the the information but she's wrapped it into events so imagine you know 200 250 people at founders live last night there's all these interactions and conversations and what happens when that event is done is it's all gone but what if you could in that event be able to almost created the virtual event tag things essentially what they're called as cards but label that information the context the conversation connect p- people to each other and then almost have that saved and and then people can add to that conversation in the virtual world if you will and you know it's hard to describe it's hard to pitch but i guess the point is when hundreds of people come together for a founders live or another event they all leave and it's gone like there's, you know, there's no memory or there's no data saved of that conversation and information that happened in that moment. She's really trying to change that. Yeah. So it's kind of, a, it's a big, crazy vision if you think about it. 
Yeah, certainly is. And, and I, I really like the idea of being able to kind of visualize the event that might have happened before and kind of go back and redraw some of those connections, right? Because sometimes it's not until the following day or week or whatever that you really understand like, oh, I talked to this person about this idea and now I understand like I have someone that I can introduce them to or how that their business can fit within helping my business um, and being able to make those connections again is really tough. So I think that's really cool. Like be able it's, to, it's interesting. to map I think that. It's, it, it's, it's, you know, forward thinking. It's interesting. It's sometimes hard to like connect, but if you see it and you're like, Oh, I get it. Like, you know, so she had a great pitch. She, she ended up winning and it uh, worked out well. Awesome. Well, let's get into the, today's topics. I know we had an order here, but I'm actually, uh, because of what the topics are, uh, we kind of have somewhat depressing topics today. So to everyone out there listening, we're going to start with some of these sadder topics and hopefully we can kind of like lighten up the conversation here in the end. And so, um, so the first article that I brought to the group was one that I found on Inc. Magazine and it was called The Psychological Price of Entrepreneurship. Um, and I know we've kind of talked about these notes before, but I just find it extremely important if we're going to have a podcast and, and a show around like what it's like to start a business and run a company and a startup and, and go through these trials and tribulations. I think a big goal that Nick and you and I have is like, let's actually paint the real picture because entrepreneurship is such is on this big pedestal right now that this is what every kid out of college wants to go do. Uh, but it's really... You know, that's the Instagram side of entrepreneurship. And I, I think we're going to have kind of this re-correction here eventually because it, a lot of people lose, to, to, to not put it lightly here. And depression and um, downfalls just in your psychology are extremely common. And so... The article goes through a bunch of different stories. I mean, there's one about a guy named Bradley Smith who has um, a successful multi-million dollar business that is a debt consolidation company. But in his own personal life, he's drowning in debt and um, he has a child on the way and he's seeing the psychologist and, and, and going through all of this mental instability and, and, and the pressures that it puts on his family and himself. And just about like what the things you can do to get out of that. And um, my question to you, Nick, is like, what do bad days look like for you? For you? And, and, and my goal of this is maybe someone out there listening will be able to relate and just go, oh, like, I'm not alone in this process. So, so I don't know if you have an example or something that's happened in the past about like how that bad day happened. Um, but I'd love for you to share anything about that. Yeah, I'm glad you brought it up. And it's, I mean, this is the truth, you know, like, the, I, I thought it was interesting, you mentioned the Instagram side of entrepreneurship. And it's crazy that we, we say that, you know, it, on the surface, it, you know, people can make it look so fun and glamorous and blah, blah, blah. And it's, dude, no, like, look on a let's, you say on a bad day, I'll just say, you know, I'm not saying it's every day is like this, but it, on a given day, you know, you, you feel like you're a boxer, you're just getting punched, you know, and like that is, I think, the analogy of, you, you know, in, in reality, 
if you are an entrepreneur that's in the fight and you're growing your company, you are literally going into like a ring, like a boxing match, and you're probably going to take some punches pretty much every day. And you have to be able to handle those in a way that you either get tougher or you're at least fielding those punches. And what I mean is you're on sales calls or you're trying to, you know, have a part, create a partnership or you're trying to onboard uh, an employee and most things are not going to go exactly the way you wanted. And, you know, for me, I mean, there, of course, you know, things are seemingly well and we're growing, you know, founders lives spreading around the world and it's great. And, you know, look, I, I have a lot to be excited and thankful for, but I mean, there's days where I'm like, like, well, what am I doing? Like, is this actually, you know, is this something that I can actually like build a life around? Is this something that, you know, that do I believe in the vision that I'm pitching? You know what I mean? Like you can say a vision, but sometimes you step back and you're like, is this really going to happen? Am I, am I like just bullshitting here? So a lot of that is simply in the moment or in the day, I'm maybe hearing no's for any reason whatsoever that, that, that goes back to your psychology of, is this really like, am I the one that screwed up or are they just not seeing it? Um, you know, but you know, that that's difficult, you know, and then maybe you have, you know, relationship stuff and, you know, there, there's stuff there between a relationship that doesn't maybe seem to be jiving with your chosen path of your life and as an entrepreneur. And so you have to deal with that. You know, and so I think it's just in the end, you know, not not to go on too long, but in the fact is like you basically have to be a boxer. You have to take the punches and understand if your vision's strong enough, you're just going to take the punches. You're going to give some punches. And in the end of the day, you're hopefully at least neutral and you wake up the next day and you you uh, push forward and keep going. But uh, in the end, I would just say, you know, if you're creating something, unfortunately, the world doesn't want what you're creating i mean how do i say it differently the world naturally is not going to accept your vision you have to you have to uh impart your vision on the world to the point where people accept like see it and embrace it and run forward with it and so that's why sales calls are tough that's why like trying to onboard new people is tough because you're the one that sees the vision they don't you have to bring them into that and it takes a lot of effort and time yeah, it takes a ton of effort and time. And I really like your analogy of a boxer. I mean, just like standing here in my room, I I can really relate to just like dodging the punches, right? And, and going through round after round in the fight, yeah. and just having to maneuver through. Uh, it like makes me physically make those movements. Um, oh, I, yeah. I'm, the analogy I think about a lot is, is, is firefighter. Um, oh, just like yeah. constantly running around with your fire hose and like spraying everything down with water and like taking a breath and turning around and seeing another fire and spraying your hose all over. Um, and, and I feel, especially right now with where I'm in the business, like the spray is certainly so much of what I'm doing. Um, I mean, every day I'm kind of like, I'm trying to be composed and run around, but I'm running around with my head cut off in all reality. Right. And just kind of like, how can I manage all of the things going on? And, and, um, you know, get through the day and, and, and fight those fights. And so well, for me, the key, is, oh, go ahead. the key is this, dude, the key is this. And we're all like, like if you are 
building a startup and an entrepreneur, that is the normal life. Like, don't ever think <laughs> yeah. that that's like, what the hell am I doing? Don't ever think that. Like, you are like most everyone that is a founder and building an early stage company feels like they're running around with their head cut off. And so anyone listening, just know that that's normal. The fact is you have to actually figure out how to operate in that normal weird space. Yeah, it has to become your normal, right? Yes. Like you just kind of have to expect like, oh, every day, this is what's what it's going to be like. And and some of the hardships that I'm learning to deal with is um, balancing like the bills that come in, right? Just like expenses mm-hmm. that are coming through every week from like small things like hosting websites. And then you got to balance that with invoices going out. Right. And so my business is still operating so much like a freelance business. And so I'm sending out invoices. Right. And hopefully they get paid within two weeks and they come back in and they kind of like balance my bank account again. Mm -hmm. Uh, But, but then I'm seeing almost on a daily basis, um, just smaller charges. And I think because I see way more of those charges, it kind of just feels like it's adding up. And I'm just yeah. thinking like, oh, and, and money only comes in so many times a month. Um, but when that money comes in, I, I know every entrepreneur out there, you especially know, um, it's a big relief when you get that like push notification or email. And it's like, this credit was deposited in your bank. Ah, <laughs> um, uh, yes. Love yeah, it. like I can do a backflip when that happens. <laughs> um, and so... I mean, every day is like that. And and yeah, that's really, I think the crux of our argument here that we want to put out there, just that like every day is going to be a giant fire and you're always going to be running around and you're really never going to feel comfortable. Um, yeah. And I think, I think that's not what's put out enough there kind of in this Instagram culture is like, this isn't like all fun and games and like partying on yachts and half day Fridays. Like this is 11... 11 59 p.m on friday night and you're still at your desk working on things yeah totally and so the next topic kind of transitioning into like what does a stressful day look like i know that you had uh recently here on founders life sarah miller uh with kind of an ask me anything uh about how she manages stress so how'd that go yeah that went really well you know so we so we call it our uh, Founders Life Influencer Series, and Sarah's a, a coach, and she's worked with a number of executives and CEOs, and you know this was really about just how to really it's kind of the good, bad, and ugly of managing stress, and you know it's actually going to be a series of of talks on Founders Live about this topic, which I think is very timely, and um, so this one was really just about overview of stress and why we feel it, and I think like you know, in the end, um, you know, really the question or just the, the proposal to people that were listening is just, you know, how do you manage stress and how do you deal with it appropriately? And I'll just simply answer it where it's, um, man, it's, you know, going back to even what we just talked about, it's there. You, everyone has it. And if you're an entrepreneur, it's going to be there. And I think one, her talk was really about identifying it um, realizing that when you go down, like when you're in the road of like, you know, cause she talked about like acute stress and then a chronic stress, which can be very detrimental when you just feel like over time you're like tense and, you know, you, you have things that are happening that you're not dealing with that could be like time shortage or, you know, if you have kids and like family and you're trying to balance that 
or over overbooked and just like you know crazy stress between meetings and or pressures whether it's your job or your business pressures from you know investors to employees to customers and in the end you know just figuring out how to manage it appropriately and i think in the you know for me it, you know meditation and exercise are big you know i think and those are like practices in your life um i really make like just getting out and getting that workout in in the morning which i'll be honest i didn't this morning so it's kind of a slow morning for me but uh it mo- like four five days out of the week i'm i'm getting that and that just that's energy you're just getting out of your system and those that's one way to really manage stress but i think you know she talks about some ideas and stuff but you know i guess i'll toss it to you as like given what we just talked about how do you how do you deal with the challenges of being an entrepreneur and bad days and then stress? Like what, what sort of things do you need to check out, go hang out with your significant other or just like, what do you do? Yeah. So I, I have a few things that have become really big priorities. And I I would say there's two like major pillars for me. Uh, One is having a support system is extremely important. And and I am so lucky, A, to have, I think both of us, we have significant others who are very supportive of the things that we're trying to do. Um, yeah. and, and, you know, my girlfriend has a, a blossoming career in tech as well. So she kind of understands the tech thing. Um, but she also has her own career, but she's just been extremely supportive. And, and um, I just appreciate her greatly for her emotional intelligence because she knows kind of when I've had a rough day, just on our first couple interactions at the end of the day, she mm-hmm. knows like, Oh, this is how Connor's day went. And, and she's really good at kind of like diving in and just being like, all right, let's talk about these things. Like, cause a lot of times you just need to express it. And so I think communication is so important, right. And having, whether it's a significant other and or other friends or family that you can just get, some of that expression out if you're having a bad day or something went rough just so you can feel like you're not trapped by yourself because um it's it's lonely up there at the top when when you start your own company and a lot of people aren't going to be able to relate to what's going on um so first is having a strong support system and communication um i know gratitude journals are super trendy right now and if you don't have an inherent form of gratitude within you, I would say the journal is probably something that you should make an investment in. Um, and I have been extremely conscious, uh, especially the last few months, about how um, fortunate a, I've been just in growing up and, and uh, all the things and opportunities that have been given to me. But just the, the, the things that I get to do, like uh, yesterday you and I ran into each other in Fremont. Yeah. And right and right before that, I was just like, like I, I I have very little reason to complain because I'm sitting at this karaoke restaurant like at one o'clock, and my next meeting's at three. And right, like if Nick shows yeah. up and I got to hang out for forty five minutes, like it wasn't an issue, right? And very few <laughs> people have that kind of flexibility totally. to to operate like that, right? And then in the evening. Um, I had this taco business who invited me and gave me a bunch of free tacos so I can come make a movie for them. Um, so I've, I've just been finding in a lot of these opportunities, like, yeah, I'm not making a ton of money right now, but I have heard a lot of feedback from people that, um, 
just that I, I'm lucky to have the job that I have. Yeah. And so being thankful for that has been extremely important. And lastly, because um, exercise is really important, um, I have this deal with a yoga studio where each week I create a little one minute video for them for their Instagram profile. And that's really forced me to start to create a yoga practice. And, nice. and yeah. for the first couple of months, it's been like once a week, like I'm just going for to make the video. Right. And it was pushing me to go. But now that I've been doing it for months, um, like this morning, I woke up and it was like, all right, how can I get this this yoga work in? Right. Like, can I make it at 12 or can I make it up there at four? Because now I'm starting to re- a like I'm starting to see some results, even though I'm just going once a week. Um, it's changing the way that I think about. Uh, food and exercise and my movement and my body and now it's really like I start to build like oh I'm like I'm I'm really interested in doing this exercise more um and so now it's starting to push me to go like two or three times a week which is great that's awesome yeah um so I know we've been jumping into these topics but let's talk about something a little less stressful here um and so I had this article was actually written by GeekWire I believe two weeks ago um, but since we had last week off, I still wanted to bring it up. And the article said MLB partners with Amazon Web Services to predict pitches and analyze live games with robots. So they have two products that are integrated here with AWS. One is called StatCast, um, which is like a high tech player tracking system that measures all the plays and uh, pitching velocity, launch angles, home runs, all that kind of stuff. I see a lot of application to golf as well. Um, and then they have this other really unique UI piece called SageMaker, um, which is going to be like a prediction analytics company. But they also want are playing around with like creating some type of voice AI to mimic the announcers. And so we've seen in a lot of sports, especially with like uh, – video review that some of the referees responsibilities are being outsourced a little bit now they're talking about possibly outsourcing the announcers voices as well and so nick um you can kind of talk about any of these topics if they interest you but like do you think that technology is ruining or benefiting some of these sports experiences yeah i'll answer it this way so um Last week, I was out of town, but I spent a little time with, uh, there was a guy that I was hanging out with. He works on the crew. I think he works for Fox or, yeah, I forget exactly. But, dude, he he runs the 10-yard uh, first down line. Like, the the digital 10-yard. Oh, yeah, the yellow line. On, Dude, and I just, like, the moment he started talking about that, I was like, oh, man. And so, like, I was like, tell me about it. How does this happen? And, you know, we just went into it. And I'll say this, you know, and I looked at him and I said, I believe that is one of the most important, awesome innovations in the last 20 years for football. It's just, like, where's the first down? And as a viewer, it really, like, try watching a football game when you don't see that first down line. It totally, like, it just is, you know, if you're watching it on the screen you're just looking for like okay where's the you know where's the first down line how far are they away it really has helped that viewer experience of course if you're in person you're just kind of watching it it's more natural but um i would just say from that standpoint um some things that seem to be you know you might question and say ah is technology hindering or helping i think that's a good example of um ways that it actually does really enhance and help 
And I don't think we need to see our sports experience be so infused um, with so all this random stuff. But if they figure out specific ways to enhance the viewer experience to make it better, uh, answer questions before you actually have them, you know, those sort of things, I, I really do think it helps. So looking at this, I'm not exactly sure, you know, where this is going to go with, you know, AWS and the predictions are interesting. If you know, like I have interest in that direction, but um, I think in general, um, I think, I think it really does. It helps, you know, and I, you know, being able to enhance the viewer experience to either, you know, bring stats, bring information, help us predict. Um, I think it's interesting. And uh, I, 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 yeah, I would simply say like that first downline, I think they said it was about 20 years ago. But um, it has been a huge innovation for watching the game. So I'm curious to see what else comes up. Yeah, that yellow line is really like um, I think it's like in inherent human nature to kind of see like, oh, there's the goal, and each play they they work towards that goal, and yep, that really exactly. like that goal is more important than the touchdown line for a majority of the game. And so oh, I think yeah. it kind of it kind That's of breaks goal. up yeah. the momentum a little bit. Like I don't know if you watch rugby at all, but it's not the same dynamic because you know they have to get all the way to the other end of the field before they mm-hmm. score. And so it kind of makes each play feel a little bit more important because uh, of the proximity to the line. Totally. And so some of the other technology, like I'm really interested in seeing a blend. The the VAR in the World Cup this year, and it's been used in MLS. Like I think it's fantastic, and and I know that's that's here to stay. Um, there are some things that aren't going to get outsourced because a human just becomes the intermediary between two teams who are usually like really fired up and energetic and there's an emotional response towards each other. And yeah. you need to insert that human being to, to be peacemaker. And so I don't think that's ever going to go away. Um, but some of these black and white decisions, I think will be good to be outsourced. And it's like, let's just get the calls right. And, and, you know, we can deal with the human elements in other places. Um, the, the pieces of technology that I'm most interested in is AR and VR, right? In like 20 years, um, mm-hmm. I mean, we just had the British Open. And so I'm, I've, I've got golf on my mind. But I just think about um, it would be so cool if I could watch the British Open and like stand right behind the player. I know. Right. And then know, when that man. shot goes up, you can like follow the shot with the line. You can see all the, the stats and trajectory and distances. I think that would be really cool to watch. Um, and then the last thing, uh, the this article talked about the voice AI of the announcers. And that's a part that like right now I just can't really get behind. They're gonna really have to to show something off to to really impress me with that kind of technology because the announcers, like when I watch sports games, the ones that I'm most interested in, like specifically Sounders games when I watch them week to week, like if I'm watching on TV, I really want to hear the the play calls, right? And yeah. and the dialogue, because that really helps like understand some of the momentum and some of the intricacies to learn more about the game. And I just wonder if a robot's ever going to be able to outsource the experiences and some of the storytelling that goes on from the color commentary. Yeah. Yeah, I agree, man. It's, you know, there's, there's a human nature of it that I don't know if we're, if technology is ever going to recreate and have authentic, you know? Yeah. Authentic human interactions. Exactly. Uh, 
And, and so for the final topic, kind of talking about the future of technology, what's something in 2019, Nick, that you are looking forward to learning about or knowing or possibly coming, coming to the forefront? Uh, it's interesting question. I, I was actually on a podcast yesterday um, or no, two days ago, I was interviewed on a podcast and this was one of the questions. And so that's why I want to pose it to both of us. But um, I said, AR, VR. And, you know, of course, I think it's a little farther out. I don't know if 2019 is going to surface what we imagine is that. But just like you said, man, like, you know, look, both the World Cup and the um, US or the British Open, I had a hard time getting behind because the time of the day that they were showing it live, just morning, you know, mornings, I've got, I work and I'm more mentally dialed in i'm not in the like let's watch sports and have a beer you know yeah situation and you know so that's just watching tv live but if there was a way that it could actually put me in that moment maybe in the evening here in seattle yet that maybe it's not even live but at least makes me feel like it is and i'm literally like immersed in it that is amazing and so i'm i'm actually very interested in ar vr um, what does that look like in 2019? I'm not sure. What does that look like in 2024? Uh, I think it's going to be pretty, pretty amazing and pretty crazy. So I'm excited for those. Yeah, 2024 is probably a closer time. I think I think consumer AR and VR is still a little far away. And yeah. Kind of related to that, I'm really curious on what where Pokemon Go is going to stand in the history of technology because that was such a big moment that summer that that game came out right and it was getting people outside and interacting with their phones in totally new ways but as technology evolves i mean pokemon go is still a thing people still play it uh, but it's not what it used to be and so is it going to go down as like the friendster of ar uh which will be very interesting but in 2019 uh because i live in the world of social media i mean that's definitely where i'm curious to see if there's going to be something new that comes out, I think that'll be really interesting. There's this new social media app called Peach um, that I haven't played around with enough to really like put an opinion on there. But I know that that's like a trending social media app right now. But this whole, like, I mean, the Snapchat going to continue to decrease because if it has a 2019, like it's had 2018, it's, it's bad prospects for that yeah. company. Um, right. and, and, and Instagram now with IGTV is going after YouTube. So I really think the YouTube uh, long form video content is going, that's going to be the big uh, move making in 2019 when it comes to social media, because uh, Instagram's kind of one short form content, but long form content has a lot more marketability advertising kind of more traditional yeah. media competes with tv and so i think that's going to be one of the biggest races in 2019 when it comes to uh social technology good prediction i like it uh but yeah so nick this is the end of the show what do you got uh going on this week or do you got anything you want to share with the audience this week well i'll just say uh you know if you haven't joined Founders Live or at least checked it out, founderslive.com, check it out. And a lot of great content, good stuff. You'll learn about how to manage stress and many, many other things. Uh, so check that out. And um, if you're in Seattle, just 
enjoy the continued absolutely incredible weather. Yes, summer is the best time. If you don't Uh-oh. take advantage and be grateful for it, then you are missing out. Well, thank you very much, everyone, for listening to the Catching Up podcast. This is week 20 with Connor and Nick. You can catch us on Founders Live or Twitter or Facebook or LinkedIn or any of those platforms of your choice where you like engaging with people. Uh, But we will see you next Friday for episode 21. Nick, enjoy your weekend. Peace.